I don't know if it's a song, if it's the Holy Spirit, what it is, but uh, um, but that's man, I'm gonna have to change shirts, I think. But um, good morning, and thank you guys for being here. And I just kind of want to start off. Um, can I start off with reading a quote? Is that cool? Can I read a quote? Okay, here's a quote. Even if you said no, I was gonna do it anyways because I have the microphone. Um, here's here's the quote. Okay, and it's kind of the kind of lay the groundwork for today. Um, It says this, When you remain in darkness, the miracle remains unseen. Thus, you are convinced it's not there. Read it again. Read it again. While you remain in darkness, the miracle remains unseen. Thus, you are convinced it's not there. See, one of the biggest concerns, one of the biggest concerns that uh, that I have for us here, and really for the the world globally, uh, church globally, is that um, that we miss the moment, the moments where God already has been at work, right? Like we miss the moments where God's already said it's done, and we're still praying for the for it to be done, because we're so blind, we're we're so fixated on the darkness that's around us that we can't see the light. You can say it like that, right? That we 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 pray for things, we 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 beg God for things, and we actually do things to try to heal those things, and God's just like, it's already done. Like, why are you still dealing with this? Like, I wonder how many times that we forget that miracles are happening all around us. Miracles are happening all around us, and, we, and we've missed them. We're so concentrated on our pain, our heartbreak, and, and, and our losses, and the things that, that, that disturb our souls, and that that we forget the promise that, that Paul wrote to us in his letter in, his letter in Romans. In Romans 8.28 it says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. And we know that for, for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. And we get so trapped up in the darkness in our life and the hurt and the pain and the sorrow and the, and the loss that we, that we lose sight that these things in the moment may really seem hard. They are real and, they are, and, the, and we struggle. There is, there is pain. Like in fact, Jesus' promise is, in this world you will have trouble. What does it take heart? I have overcome it. Meaning, it's already been taken care of. It's not a future tense. It's a present tense. We are so wrapped up in where, where we should have been, could have been, and, and dreamed of being that we've missed the move of God, move, move the Holy Spirit in the moment, right? Like, I, I get that. I'm gonna, can, I, can I have a little pastoral confession here a second? I made a post about it this week a little bit, but um, sometimes I get so distracted on where I thought that we would be or that I would be or where we should, have, where we should be or I get so focused on what, so-and-so pastors and the success they have are having and that, like, I get so wiped out of what God is really doing, really, in my heart in the moment, right? Like, we get so wrapped up with these external things that we miss the move of God. And my hope this morning is that as we walk out of here, as we walk out of here, we walk out of here in our miracle, the very thing that we've been praying for. Like, God is already saying, it's done, I pray we walk out of here in confidence, realizing that the thing that we've been praying for, the thing we've been picking back up again and walking out of here with, instead of just leaving it, that we walk out of here knowing that Christ has already restored it, made it whole. In fact, 
I believe the word for you this morning is the fact of abandon what you see. Abandon what you see, because sometimes our eyes will lie to us. I remember, um, there's this, I don't really remember, but there's this, uh, there's, and most of y'all know I work at the school, in the school, and I'll see a uh, kid literally do something, and I'll go say, hey kid, why, why'd you do that for? And he's like, I didn't do it. I'm like, I seen it with my own eyes. I saw you do it. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, my eyes don't lie, but I wonder how many times our eyes really do lie. Because we're missing what Jesus is doing. We're going to pick up in our letter from the book of John. We'll continue in the book of John here for a second. And it's where Jesus is about to encounter a man who for years has found himself in darkness, missing his miracle that has already taken place, missing the miracle that's right in front of him. And it's from this, and it's just a side note, and it's from this point that although, like when Jesus turned the water into wine at the beginning of John, put him on the trajectory, on the, on the path to the cross, this dramatically shifts him in that direction, in this trajectory of the cross. Like this, what, what he does today, what Jesus does today, for lack of a better term, like just pisses the religious leaders off. <laughs> okay? But it was, it was so good for this man that he encounters beside a pool. So let's listen to this story. John 5, starting in verse 1, it says, Then Jesus returned to Jerusalem to observe one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city, near the Sheep Gate, there is a pool called in Aramaic the House of Loving Kindness. And your translation may say, um, uh, the pool of, pool of Bethesda, which means, Bethesda means House of Loving Kindness. Okay? And, and this pool is surrounded by five covered porches, Hundreds of sick people were lying there on the, on the porches and paralyzed, the blind, the crippled, all of them waiting for their healing. I wonder how many of us are waiting for our healing. You with me? For an angel of God would periodically, uh, periodically descend into the pool to stir the waters, and the first one who stepped into the pool after the waters swirled would instantly be healed. We're going to pause right here just for a second. We're going to pause right here just for a second. And here, you know, I just want to... I want to address what could be an elephant in the room. There are many uh, pastors out there that when they read this, they explain um, the, that verse 4, where it talks about an angel coming down to the pool, was added later because it's, in, it's not in some of the early manuscripts um, of Scripture. But here's what I'm, I'm just going to tell you what I think. Because one, well, I believe that is actually true and not a legend. Um, so... If an angel really didn't stir the waters and healing didn't really happen to the first person to get in the pool, why would all these people hang out there waiting? You with me? Because some even take out verse 3 too. But, but why would all these people... Like, if I'm laying there for 30, 38 years, as we're about to find out, and somebody beats me into the water and they come out and they're not healed, I'm, go, I'm going home. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm not wasting my time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's... That's just observational reasoning, right? But second, to go along with that point, the next couple of verses that we're about to read would make absolutely no sense if it wasn't true. You with me? So you may hear a well-meaning brother and sisters in Christ say, well, there was a, it was a spring that bubbled up, and it was a legend, blah, blah, blah. Love you, but I disagree with you, because if I'm this guy, I'm not sitting there for 38 years, okay? Just saying. And lastly... Um, we serve a God who works not just in the natural but the supernatural. Um, Dragon with me? 
go back to verse 3. You ready? Hundreds of sick people were laying there on the porches, the paralyzed, the blind, and the crippled, all of them waiting for their healing. For an angel of God would periodically descend into the pool to stir the waters. And the first one to step into the pool after the waters swirled would instantly be healed. Verse 5. Now, there was a man who had been disabled for 38 years, laying among the multitude of the sick. Of the sick. For 38 years, this man laid beside the pool, trying with everything to get his healing, waiting for those waters to stir. Right? And we, and we can we can relate to this because many of us feel like we've been waiting for God to do something with a said situation for a long time, right? God, I've been praying for this for years. I've been praying for my brother. I've been praying for this ailment that I have. I've been praying for this kidney. I've been whatever your prayer, your miracle that you're asking for is. I've been praying for so long, and it just seems like you're not moving. Like he, this man has found himself in a hopeless situation, right? He's waiting for his healing. He's waiting to be for his restoring. And here's the struggle, though. This this man is part of a system where the sick, the lame, the blind were taught that you were being punished for sins of your of your sins or the sins of your parents. Remember the, when Jesus heals the blind man or whatever, and he's before the uh, the Sanhedrin, and the Sanhedrin goes, "We don't know if uh, if you sinned or your 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 parents sinned, but we know that you're still a sinner because whatever." You know what I'm saying? Like. They, they don't know if this was a punishment from God on him or like he, he was, but he was either way he was in this system to where they taught that and they believe that um, they believe that you now have to work to get your healing right you have to work to get your healing like if you can just make enough sacrifices if you can just pull yourself into the pool pull pull yourself into the pool if you do all the right things God will bless you and heal you right but th- but this is this is kind of weird because we're like, see, that mindset, um, like looking back, we go, man, that, that's, that mindset's just wrong, right? Like we would say like, like how those people thought about sin and not, you know, they didn't have the science, no, these things just happened. Like, but it's just to be honest, we're not much different than the system of that day, right? Like we tell people, if you keep doing that, God's going to punish you, right? <laughs> or we, this is how we say it today. If you would just put down that needle, God would save you. If you would just clean up your act, or my favorite one that gets quoted like it's scripture sometimes, and it's actually a quote from Benjamin Franklin, one of our presidents. He's, we sometimes say, you know, God helps those who help themselves. Anybody ever heard that? God helps those who help, help themselves. And I'm just like, are you reading the same Bible I am? Like, are you serious? Like Ephesians 2 clearly says, you are dead in your trespasses and dead people can't do anything. If the gospel tells you anything, if the, if the four gospels tell you anything, not in counting all of Paul's letters and John and all those things, if, if it tells you anything, it says that you can't, so I will. You can't clean yourself up. You can't make yourself whole. You can't receive your healing. Like That's pretty much the whole point. The old Hebrew says the Old Testament, the old law was to show us that we can't meet the standard of God. And, and, that, and really, it, well, it, says that it, it says that it actually enlightens us to our sinful nature, right? And now what he's saying, now, and, but Jesus is coming, Ephesians 2 says, Jesus came that we could be resurrected to pull us out of that shame, out of that guilt, out of that darkness. You can't, so he will. But it's oftentimes in our trying, in our failing or much like this man, and I'm sure many of those laying around him has found himself in depression, hopeless, 
helpless, feeling all alone, right? But I love what this next verse says. At least the first part of it says, When Jesus saw him laying there, he knew that the man had been crippled for a long time. Jesus knew this man had been crippled for a long time. Jesus saw this man and knew his situation, but didn't see him through the lens, through the lens of a system, but through a lens of compassion. Jesus wanted this man to see his miracle, a miracle that I will say has already happened. Let's make sense here in a second. Okay? This tells us in regards to this man's circumstances, pain, his hurts, and the same with us is that although pain is, this pain is real, and it is what it is, right? With God, it's not what it seems. Even though the pain may be real, what you see with your eyes may be real. With God, it's not what it always seems. Where you see failure, God sees a new future. Where you see rejection, God sees refinement. Where you see pain, God sees a miracle. Where you see pain, God sees a miracle. Now, I'm going to do something a little strange. Okay, It's, it's going to be okay. I'm going to give you guys permission to speak all at once. Okay, So don't, with me, all at once. On the count of three, I want you to be thinking, what is the miracle that you've been praying for the most? Okay? What is the miracle that you've been praying for the most, wishing that you would see God move? Okay? On the count of three, one, two, three. Now, I want you to say it. Okay? Everybody with me? All right, you ready? One, two, three. Now remember that. Just remember it, okay? Verse 6. When Jesus saw him laying there, he knew that the man had been crippled for a long time. So Jesus said to him, do you truly long to be healed? Now, if I was this guy, that would have totally ticked me off. I would not have laid here for 38 years if I didn't want my healing. Right? I wouldn't, I, like, are, like, are you seriously going to ask me that question? Like, are you like, are you like, this seems like a crazy question for Jesus to ask. And I used, I, like, I used to think that. I used to think that. But it's not so crazy because, see, I thought that until I looked into that little, that phrase a little more. Okay? And all you English teachers, and I'm probably going to mess up this word, and it's okay. But all you English teachers are going to love this. Um, the phrase, do you truly long to be well, well, or do you truly long to be healed, comes from a Greek phrase. Genestea, okay, and this Genestea word, um, it's Genestea, which isn't like, isn't the future tense of the word, okay, it's not the future tense, all right, um, Genestea is the, oh, correct me if I say this wrong, A-O-R-I-S-T, aorist, am I correct, okay, anyways, aorist, Future tense of the word, it, it, it's, it's the genocide is the arrowist middle infinitive that indicates that something already has been accomplished. It's speaking in the present tense of something that's already happened. Okay? Alright, so this is Jesus wanting this man to abandon what he sees. To abandon what he sees. He wants this man to, um, I lost my place. 
It's okay. Jesus wanted this man to abandon how he sees himself in his current plight. It's Jesus asking this man, are you convinced that you're already made whole? Not a, hey, do you want to be healed, really? It's a, do you believe that you already are? Do you believe your healing has already taken place? Do you believe your miracle is already there? This, this tells me that Jesus is telling you it's time for you to see differently and walk differently. Right? It's time for you to see differently and walk differently. It's time for us that even though we don't see it, don't feel it, and it's hard to believe it, we walk as if it's already been taken care of. That's hard to do, isn't it? Not just to leave it. It's already been taken care of. We, we walk in our healing because it's already ours. My father owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Who are you, Satan, to tell me this can't be true? Everywhere that I step, the Bible says, he's given me. So if this miracle seems impossible, if I can't quite make it into the pool to get my healing, guess what? I'm going to stand up and I'm going to walk in it anyway. Right? This, Jesus is about to tell this man to do something that to him would seem crazy. Right? You know the story. You know what it is, right? But all I know is no matter what he says to me, I'm going to keep walking toward that mountain. I'm going to keep on trucking. Right? Listen to what the... Listen, Listen to this man's response. Ready? The sick man answered him, Sir, there's no way I can get healed. Wait, wait, wait. He dismissed what Jesus just said, didn't he? Your healing's already there. He's still thinking in the old system. So there's no way I can get healed, for I have no one who will, no one who will lower me into the water when the angel comes. As soon as I try to crawl to the edge of the pool, someone else jumps ahead of me. See, this man is still trying to work, work it out within the confines of his, old, of his old system. And here's the truth this morning is that you can't receive new miracles with old mindsets. If you want God to move in your, in your life, maybe you need to rethink how you're thinking. Our friend Mark records Jesus saying, and, the two would, and, and who would pour, pour fresh new wine into old wineskins? Eventually, the wine will ferment and make the wine the wineskin burst, losing everything. The wine will be spilled and the wineskin ruined. Instead, new wine is always poured into new wineskins. You can't receive new miracles with old mindsets. Watch. You want to see Jesus' response to him still thinking in the old system? Talking about, just thinking about People who say, you've got to clean yourself up before God does something. Now, this guy is still thinking, there's no way I'm going to get my healing. He has doubts. He has, he's like, dude, I can't, like, there's no one there to put me in, not knowing that the miracle maker is right there in front of him. This is said all that, and here's Jesus' response. Jesus said to him, stand up. Quit living in the past. Quit living in what you were hoped for and start living as if it's already been done. Stand up. Jesus like I've been laying on this mat for 38 years I haven't even felt my, my I haven't even been able to move my toes let alone stand up and walk what are you talking about stand up 
not only stand up, but pick up your sleeping mat, the very thing that's held you down, and you will walk. That's it's gonna take some faith, right? It's gonna take some faith for this to happen. Immediately, he said, he stood up. I wonder how many of us would immediately do that, right? I think I'm gonna take it. I think I'm gonna take it back with me. No, no, no. Just stand up. Immediately, he stood up and he was healed. I wonder how many of our miracles will take, we will actually see happen when we step out in faith. Because this was a huge faith thing for this man to trust Jesus as word. So he rolled up his mat and walked again. Now this, now this miracle took place on the Jewish Sabbath. Here's the truth about this: is oftentimes great moves of God are usually preceded by simple acts of obedience. Great moves of God are usually preceded by simple acts of obedience. If you're taking notes, I want you to write that down. It's going to be on the screen. Great moves of God are usually preceded by simple acts of obedience. That means it could be as simple as he says, stand up, and guess what you do? You stand up. It could be as simple as drive to their house today. It could be as simple as make that phone call. It could be as simple as just turn it over. It could be simple as have somebody lay hands on you and pray for you. Or it could be as simple as just stand. Just stand. The question is, are you going to stand and believe? For this is how much God loves you that He's already said, Genesis 10, Genesis 10. Are you ready to look at it differently? Are you ready to believe it's already been done? Are you ready to walk differently, see differently? All this man had to do, like the dad in the last story, was take Jesus at his word. Are you going to take Jesus at his word? This story ends, it says, When the Jewish leaders saw the man walking along carrying his sleeping mat, although you thought they would be excited, this man who'd been sick for 38 years. Because they had, they, the man walking around carrying his sleeping mat, they objected and said, what are you doing carrying that? Don't you know it's the Sabbath? It's not lawful for you to carry the things on the Sabbath. Although they thought, they totally missed what God was doing because they were so blinded by the system. And this is God's answer. He said, he answered them. He says, the man who healed me told me to pick it up and walk. A walk man, they asked. Who was this man who ordered you to carry something on the Sabbath? But the healed man couldn't give them an answer for he didn't, he didn't yet know who it was since Jesus had already slipped away into the crowd. And a short time later, it says that Jesus found the man at the temple and said to them, look at you now, you're healed. Walk away from your sins so that nothing worse will happen. And the man went to the Jewish leaders to inform them, it was Jesus who healed me. It was So from that day forward, Jesus, the Jewish leaders began to persecute Jesus because of the things that he did on the Sabbath. This man was so excited because once you realize who really did the healing for you, guess what you do? It was Jesus. I don't care who I tell. I don't care if you like him or not. It was Jesus. Are you ready to stand in your miracle?
Jesus loves you so much. God loves you so much that he says your healing is already there. Will you walk in it? Will you see it? Will you believe it's true even though your eyes don't see it? Can you hear the rain before the rain ever comes? Are you ready to walk differently and see differently? That's the whole point of our faith, is that we see things differently and we walk differently because we believe in the supernatural, that God is going to work things out. Rather it be with a car, rather it be with salvation, whatever the case may be, my miracle is already done and I'm walking. God, I just want to say I love you so much. God, I pray as we walk out of here, that we walk out of here in our miracles. God, my prayer is not that we walk out of here in this fake sense of hope, but truth that is found in the fact that you said, I love you enough and I want to take care of you for you. Open our eyes to see the miracle that's already been done. I also walk out of here believing the miracle is done. Let it be so powerful that it not only changes our outlook on life, but changes the outlook of those around us. You are a miracle-working God. You did miracles then, you'll do it now. You healed then, you'll heal now. Do what only you can do. Now for others in your name. We stand. Let us respond to the words that to the words that Derek spoke today out of out of the Word of God. I love when he said that new miracles won't come with old mindsets. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over, expecting a different result. So if you're asking for a new miracle, and I know I am, it's not going to be achieved with an old mindset. So let's ask God for a fresh mind, a new creation. Because I know He loves us. I know He cares about us. I know He wants to see victory in our lives. Let's give it to Him today. I've got a friend Closer than a brother There is no judgment Oh, how he loves me I've got a friend Oh, and he is my strength He is my portion With me in the valley 